Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Today we are discussing Aquaman 2018, directed by James Wan. So, it's been a minute since we've gotten a good movie uh, come down the tube in the last couple weeks. It's been a, kind of a dry spell, to be honest. Um, I was kind of worried that this winter was kind of going out flat. I was looking forward to Aquaman, and so I wanted to get my first impressions, first take, spoiler-free for you, I wanted to give you a first take, first impression, what we think about Aquaman 2018. As many of us know, if you're ingrained in the DC Warner Brothers culture, that there has been some stumbles along the way uh, the past, let's say, 10 years. Most people have seen uh, the success that Marvel has done, um, and they've really tried to replicate that success. Um unsuccessfully uh, in many cases um we saw suicide squad kind of blew up in their face uh justice league and batman versus superman all of those just were kind of uh they were misfires wonder woman was kind of a change of pace uh for dc it really showed a different side kind of more of a fun side i would say um but what Zack Snyder had brought to the Man of Steel um, side of DC, the you know it's a kind of dark and gritty, grimy comic book storytelling, it just was starting to get worn out, and DC was seeing the effects in the box office, and they were seeing um, how people were reacting. They didn't like how their movies were turning out. They weren't. Um, they were they were kind of they were outdated and uh they weren't they were not up to standard of some of today's top quality comic book movies now um i would say that i i thought man of steel was kind of one step in the right direction man uh the batman versus superman was a step backward and then the Justice League and all of that uh, and all that just kind of brought it all back down to kind of like an average. But I think that Aquaman 2018 with James Wan's fantastic direction, I think, really elevates us to the level of what kind of super superhero movies, comic book movies we should be expecting from DC. Um Let's go through the breakdown of the synopsis real quick, just of uh, what this movie is about. So Arthur Curry learns that he is the heir to the underwater kingdom of Atlantis, and he must step forward to lead his people and be the hero to the world. Arthur's played by Jason Momoa. M most people know him from uh, Game of Thrones. And uh, also he is joined by Amber Heard, who plays Mara, William Defoe, who plays Volko, and Patrick Wilson, who plays King Orm. The 
the other characters that are featured in this, I'm going to kind of keep to like a spoiler section so that, you know, you don't really know if you haven't seen too much of the marketing or if you're um, trying to stay sort of spoiler free, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of push that to the side for the spoiler free, the spoiler section. So let me do the quick breakdown of, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly of this movie. Um, marketing, I thought the, first of all, I thought the marketing in this was kind of obscure like they didn't know exactly how to uh how to sell it i think that they kind of tried to rely too much on the the set pieces and the cgi to sell the movie when they really didn't need to i thought that the movie was uh was pretty pretty well uh toned is that the way like themed um in the way it was presented, like it was kind of like a fun action adventure ride. And I would say that it was campy in all the right ways. Um, if anyone has seen the movie Pacific Rim, uh, the original one with Guillermo del Toro's direction, there was excellent world building in that. And I think that this movie, Aquaman, does extreme amount of storytelling in such a short amount of time. And the Hour, the first hour of the movie feels like we've probably been through two movies by then. It feels the, the this Aquaman movie almost feels like we went into a direct sequel, starting off, and uh, it's it, and we and we just get like, um, we 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 get straight into it, and without getting too spoiler spoilery, I thought the action in this was fucking phenomenal. I I I for a comic book movie, I I. I really think this is some of the best they've done. Um, it, it certainly puts the the Dark Knight trilogy to shame when it comes to uh, choreography of you know where people are in the room and who's getting hit when. Um, this this does better than a lot of Marvel movies with some of the uh, slow mo and some of the action scenes. I just thought it really took some of the best parts of a lot of movies and put it into this. Um, I think that. Um, let me see. It this is an absolutely beautiful movie. I was surprised to see the 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 cinematography to be just uh just stunning. Um, the CGI really I thought was it was really noticeable in the trailer. It didn't bother me that much watching the actual movie. I don't I, I don't know exactly if they they probably. In my opinion, they did a great job of blending the CGI with the real effects, and so when they would go to like a smaller set piece, from a big set piece to a small set piece, it, it was pretty seamless, in my opinion. Um, the music, oh my goodness, I could talk about the music for for thirty minutes. The music in this is so sweeping and so uh, dramatic, and it, it it has a tone. I feel like I can't remember any other DC movie that has had this uh level of uh, uh, uh of a score i guess like a com like a composer let me see if i can find the composer of this cuz i w i was so surprised about the, the 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 direction that the uh the uh the composer was going cuz at some points there was like this sweeping like you know john williams esque kind of score kind of all rising at the same time but then in other points when there was action going on it almost went straight 80s like uh thor ragnarok in some parts um so i i thought the 
direction. Let me see if I can find what the music. Rupert Gregson Williams did the uh, did the music, and he also was the composer for Wonder Woman. Okay, so that would that would explain some things. Um, that it kind of reminisced uh, that that movie as well. The um, he's also the composer of The Crown and uh, a couple other. He looks like he's an Adam Sandler. Um, he's he's in some Adam Sandler joints. But anyways, um, yeah, I really like the music in this. I could have listened to the uh, the entire soundtrack just doing whatever. Um, let me see if I can find anything else he's done. I don't see anything. But Rupert Gregson Williams did an amazing job on the score. Um, it really puts you in the in the moment. I mean, I felt like I was in this shit. I was like, oh my god, this is fucking awesome. Um, let me see what else we got on here. The antagonist for this movie, unlike a lot of DC properties recently, or, or kind of not as recently, I guess, because they've sort of been improving, but further back, DC properties have had a, uh, a bad guy problem. Uh, Justice League was an absolute garbage fire, um, dump, uh, dumpster fire. Um, Suicide Squad is right in there with them. And so they seriously have had motivations lacking within the uh, antagonists that I think Marvel has done a slightly better job with uh, more recently. So they took some notes from Marvel, and I think with the exception of one of these antagonists, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say they did a really good job, at least setting up the character's motivation. Now, did they complete it? Did they complete the mission? Did they, as from a storytelling perspective, was it narrative? Was it was it satisfying from a storytelling perspective of what happened to the antagonist? And I kind of have to wait for a spoiler section to do that. So um, stay tuned for that. Um, I'd say uh, there's a lot of one takes that were very impressive. Uh, I think only um, James Wan could have. Uh, done that himself. I, he's just got excellent direction, and you can tell. And James Wan has done. He uh, he was the director of Saw. He's brought Insidious. He's um, the director of both The Conjurings, and uh, he's got his hands in the Nun and you know Annabelle series. So he's got a lot of creds, and he knows how to. Um, I think I I think he's one of the one of the better filmmakers of our generation. And uh, he, he just knows how to make good media. Um, so on top of that, let me see what else I got. Um, sorry, I had a, I don't always take notes during things, but I thought this was a, this was a big enough movie that it deserved a couple notes to be taken. So I thought there's a lot of slow-mo within this movie. Zack Snyder brought slow-mo to the big screen, and he really was the one that was gunning it within the DC universe for the majority of the time. Um, I don't think it was ever properly used in any of the DC properties until about Wonder Woman. That was when they used the slow-mo to actually let the let the viewer see where the space is and where this where people are fighting so that you can see what the hell is going on. So um, I think that James Wan did an excellent job with the positioning and blocking and all that type of stuff. And um, 
with the character so that we can see who's getting hit where you know it's it's very clear it's i don't feel like i was ever confused it, even in the big war battles i thought that it was still very um very clear um and the scale the scale in this movie is off the chain i always love movies that show uh massive uh massive tidal waves or you know massive uh, uh boats or just something that shows scale against something you know a giant lighthouse or you know some things you don't really see uh day to day and, and two things colliding you know like mo massive monsters and stuff like that I, I love that type of stuff like i think pacific rim also did an, a, a great job showing scale within the world and uh this uh, this kind of takes notes from that um so the creature design there's 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 an an amalgamation of things that have that make this movie work i i want to say it's we're gonna make a a recipe for what this is so i want to say it's a mixture of black panther sprinkle in a little bit of some of the best parts of Star Wars, which is kind of surprising in probably some people's minds, but I really got like an underwater Star Wars vibe. And it kind of was mixed a little bit with like an Avatar vibe, like with the, the visuals. And, uh, and when it comes down to the storytelling of, you know, got to save the kingdom kind of thing, that's, that's more of a Black Panther kind of thing. So, kind of theme. So I was... I was surprised about how many different, uh, I guess, directions or tones this was kind of taking, and it, and it was all working, in my opinion. Um, let me see. Yes, and I, I did talk about the action. I thought the action was just, just excellent. It was fucking awesome. It was, you know, fucking badass. I mean, you, you want to see some badass action with a guy this big. Jason Momoa is just a big-ass dude, so he can mess some dudes up, and I guess motivation might be a thing that could be lacking in within the film I, I i'll go into a little bit more detail occasionally occasionally there was a lot of fast exposition because they're having to cram so much story in such little time and then let us or help us uh make us care about this world and these people and and everything that's going on and so um i thought the pacing and the majority of the movie did a, a wonderful job uh ex explaining things but uh, there was uh, a hell of a lot of exposition um the cgi didn't bother me like i said earlier like it did in the marketing but uh, I can see some scenes that people are just look at, and if you stare at it too long, it feels like you're just staring at a green screen, because it, it sometimes sunsets and uh, are too perfect, or the background just looks too perfect, and it doesn't match with what the character's doing. So um, that could be just nitpicky thing, you know. It's it's not necessarily going to ruin the movie or anything like that. Um, Amber Heard and Aquaman, Jason Momoa. I don't think they had that great of natural chemistry. It took, it took an awful long time, an, an awfully, it took awfully a long time for Amber Heard and Jason Momoa to kind of get on some sort of same page. Um, I kind of felt like 
Amber Heard was doing too much of a Shakespearean performance, and Jason Momoa was just like, "Yeah, man, I'm, uh, you know, what's up, dog? You know, it, it was he was so ca- casual and of uh, he's too casual, I guess, and she was just too, um, I don't know, upstand, I, ups- I don't want to say upstanding, but because that doesn't sound right. I think it's they they just feel like they're in two different leagues. I didn't really see where the chemistry was uh, was coming from, and um, like I said, we can talk about that a little bit later. Motivation was questionable in some scenes. It seemed very obvious that uh, that Jason Momoa is not looking to be a king. So why force a guy into try to being what he doesn't want to be? Um, we'll discuss that a little bit more in detail, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit into it. Um, yeah, and I think the rest I have are gonna be spoiler discussion filled um yeah so ultimately you need to know if you need to see this i think undoubtedly you would enjoy it at watching this movie you'll leave satisfied it's going to be a fun campy ride and when i mean when some people don't know what campy means it means like you know like aquaman Boarding a boarding a submarine, and say you know, may I come aboard, or you know, permission to come aboard, and then he starts whooping ass, you know, kind of like throwing out a one-liner, kind of kind of cheesy a little bit. Um, it is a little bit cheesy in those parts, but like it, it's a kind of cheese that it works, you know. It's like, ooh, that's kind of cheesy, but then oh, he's like flips a bad guy upside down, you know, whoops his ass or something, you know, it's something crazy. Um, let me go into spoilers here in a second. I like I said, I think you're gonna enjoy this. I don't. I, I don't think you should wait for uh, it to rent if you're thinking about it and you're you know hardcore about it. I would. I would definitely see it. Um, it, it was pretty badass, and I was on the edge of my seat the majority of the time. I want to say it starts off stronger. I want to say it starts off much stronger than it ends, but it doesn't end on like a bad note or anything like that. I just think that the way it starts feels um like it's a shotgun right out and and it and it goes for a long time I, you know only about maybe hour and 40 minutes in did i start to feel the weight of the uh the time and i was like wait you know maybe there could have been 10 minutes chopped off here 10 minutes chopped off there um but in total i honestly um if they would have changed maybe one or two things of it i caught i, I could have stayed another 20 minutes and and watched even more so i really enjoyed it i'm excited to see a uh, aquaman 2 i think that the world building the storytelling everything about it with the uh, exception of some small things um was really exceptional i just wasn't expecting this from dc and so um i appreciate everyone listening uh rate share subscribe if you want to listen to the spoiler cast then we're going to talk about some spoilers that happened within the movie um, don't blame me if you listen past this and you're like, Hey, I just, I sport. I mean, wh- what's going on, man? I mean, come on. And <laughs> I'm over here telling you like, dude, you got to go see this movie. It's, it's legit. DC did not fuck this one up. I'll, I'll tell you that now. I think that it's, uh, it, it's worth at least a matinee screening ticket. I would say, you know, I give it like an eight out of 10. It's not, not life changing, but it's a really fun time. And it's, 
I think I liked Aquaman better than Deadpool 2 this year, which is kind of surprising in my opinion. I was not expecting to say that. Um, my I guess my hopes were kind of tempered, and so that's maybe where you need to be. I don't think too many people are like, oh my gosh, you know, Aquaman's going to be the, the, the bee's knees. I don't think anyone's expecting that, and I think that might help it in its favor, so I, I definitely would check it out. Let's hop into the spoiler section real quick. And we're back in the spoiler section. Let's go on, everyone. So by now, you have witnessed and experienced... Uh, hold on, let me reposition my mic. You've witnessed and re-experienced, or just experienced. I don't know about re-experienced, depending on how many times you saw it. I don't know. I could watch it twice, honestly. Aquaman 2018... Uh, at the beginning, I literally was on pins and needles. I was so into this fucking movie. I was like, holy shit, fucking Nicole Kidman's in this shit, fucking shit up. We got William Defoe fucking shit up. We got Jason Momoa fucking shit up. Everyone's, Amber Heard's fucking shit up. I mean, everyone fucking shit up. So, I had to slow down for a little bit and be like, okay, yeah, this is, this is, you know, this is really good. This music's dope. Is it going to play through? Personally, I think they dropped the ball on the Black Mantis thing. They had an extreme dramatic moment with uh, one of the characters, uh, the antagonist, Black Mantis, and his father. And they have uh, a big battle that that focuses around it. But it kind of fizzles out real quick. It, it, there's no follow-up. I never felt like there's any repercussions for Aquaman taking out Black Mantis mantis father and then black mantis i mean it just kind of like was a plot line that was just dropped like that and i i can understand that but they had like a lingering moment on the very beginning of the uh the submarine that they were on that he he, he boards that i thought was going to come back to the end to to be what was what will what it was going to be and i'm not sure if it was because my expectations were shift they shifted as the movie went, it became more of a, a Patrick Wilson show and less about the Black Mantis show. But I think that I enjoyed Black Mantis perform the, the guy that plays it, and, and uh, I I thought that it was set up a lot better. To uh, or his name's just Manta. I don't. I thought it was Black Manta. I think it's Manta. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Adul Mantine the second. And I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, but this guy, this guy can fucking act. I, I thought he did excellent, and he did, he did a great job as a Manta. Um, I didn't see him getting taken out so easily. I thought that the dramatic moment at the in the submarine was really going to come back to haunt Aquaman, which it really doesn't. It kind of feels like it's uh, it should have been chopped out if they were going to do that, and. He explains himself why he doesn't save his father at the beginning. He says, you know, you two are responsible for killing, you know, Navy, the Navy SEALs or something like that. And he, innocent people. And so you can kind of see how it goes both ways. But good Lord, they, they fucking had a, a big ass battle at the beginning and then a, a semi battle in the middle. And I, you know, it just, it, it either should be, there, there might, I didn't stay for 
the end credits, and I absolutely think there's probably end credits, so I'm going to take a wild guess and say Black Manta is coming out of the bay when he's been got his ass whooped. He's like, I'll get you next time, Aquaman kind of shit. So that would probably explain that. Um, it might be a, a, a cut scene. Like they, they might have shown him getting out of the, of the of the river or something like that. But it looked like his... I thought his head was taken off. I, I didn't know if he was complete. I, to me, it was not clear if Manta was dead or not. And with how dramatic it was at the beginning, that left me a little unsatisfied. Patrick Wilson looked like he had an excellent time doing this. I mean, he, he just looks like he enjoys being um, in front of the camera with uh, James Wan um, behind it, behind the camera. And I just... I, I thought he played like the douchey stepbrother really great and um it it was exciting the technology in this I thought was uh really cool I mean there's so much visual design that went into this movie I was so surprised I know that um like these types of movies where you have to create a whole new world you got you you have to create like and you have to have an art direction you have to have like individual costumes for each of these different creatures and all of these different types of fucking octopuses and all these like alligators and whatever the hell they were riding all the way down there and all these different um starship designs they they had like ships that they drove in 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 Atlantis and the visuals were just amazing i just thought that uh they they really took their time with the design of it and kind of took an, an original take and which included visuals and from like uh, Star Wars when they were fighting in like the fighter jets or something like that. It felt like that's what we were doing in this um, underwater, of course. Um, but yeah, there was there was a lot of uh, similarities to other movies I was I was getting. I got a lot of Thor Ragnarok from this. He felt uh, Jason Momoa really was channeling his inner Chris Hemsworth for this performance. Um, but I, I, with saying that Chris Hemsworth was a little stiff in his first movie and turned, turned out so much better by the third one. So I honestly would like to see Jason Momoa do a couple of these Aquaman movies to see how comfortable he could get. Cause he felt like he was too comfortable in justice league. And then, then now he has to tone it down just a tad bit. But then I think there's a nice equilibrium where he can be funny and charismatic and not quite a douche at the same time um let me see let me see hmm. <laughs> young arthur did not make sense to me the, the there was one two there's baby arthur there's three years old arthur there's three-year-old arthur there's like six-year-old arthur and then there's like 15 year old arthur so there's several actors that play Arthur um I thought the teenage um Arthur was like what the fuck I was I thought his acting was so bad um he was the one that was doing the fighting with uh exposition heavy William Defoe Willem Defoe <laughs> um yeah I was just like I don't know about all that Th this guy's acting um but let me see, let me see anything else. Um, a couple times I was going to say, oh, this is going to be really predictive, predictive, and it just wasn't. 
Um, and some of that, I think that generally worked. You know, sometimes you want to be able to predict where the movie's going, and sometimes you don't, I guess. And I sort of could see where it was going, but I felt like there was a little bit of studio tampering in this toward the end. Um, I thought the direction with the action was still on par with James what James Wan was going for, but from a dramatic uh, standpoint, I I felt like it was it kind of geared away from the dramatic standpoint, and we didn't quite hit that. I felt like I was more um, in tune with the fa- I, I with the family at the beginning of the movie than I was at the end. I was more emotionally connected, just because. I don't know if there's a lot of growth in the character of Jason Momoa, of uh, Arthur um, Arthur Curry. Like, I felt like the majority of the time he's kind of reluctant to being a hero, but it's it doesn't ever fully fledge the part where he's like, you know what, I do want to be a king, you know? Like, I felt like Black Panther, there was real reason there was real leadership behind why he wanted to be a king. There's, there's just not feel like leadership behind, uh, Arthur Curry as a, as a king or some as a leadership figure, you know? Um, it's just not what he screams. He screams more of like a loner in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I do think this script could have gone with a, a punch up on the writing. I think the writing in most areas does its job, what it does what it's supposed to do um we have david leslie johnson uh we have william beale geoff johns james wan and will beale are all credited as writers on this and so the people that you probably are wondering about are geoff johns he is a comic book writer and he's involved in a lot of dc properties honestly he's a he's a creator um of the titans show and uh creator of the flash and uh unfortunate producer of suicide squad and green lantern but he wins some you lose some <laughs> um but yeah he's he's a credited writer geoff johns and then we have will beale like i said earlier he is uh only really known for gangster squad and that was kind of a misfire honestly but this is definitely going to boost his creds um let me see if we have any anything else uh, obviously the creators and um, david leslie uh johnson mick Goldrick is known for being a writer attached to orphan red riding hood the the conjuring 2 and wrath of the titans um and it uh, looks like he's he's written on the walking dead as well so these guys are making their way up i think that Together they did a pretty good job. But I, I, I definitely, I could, I could sense that it needs another punch up on the the writing. I think one or two. Um, I don't know if you if you looked over it, you know, like one or two times, maybe put a comedian behind the the typewriter or behind the keyboard, then you might get a slightly different um story and screenplay, but. I think that's what it might might have needed in one or two cases. But other than that, I really enjoyed Aquaman 2018. Thank you for listening. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Rate, share, subscribe.
Take it easy.